Today on our show, we're counting down the top ten college films. College films, hit it, boy. <laughs> Paul's expression, he probably didn't like that opener for this show. <laughs> didn't have a lot of choices, to be honest. <laughs> T2, Batman, or Avengers. We'll do a new one soon. Yeah, yes. we'll do a new one. <laughs> okay, everyone, uh, welcome to episode 389 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul, and welcome to the podcast. We count down movies and sometimes television in order of awesomeness, so you don't have to. Now, Wayne, this one... Hmm. Came out of sort of left field a bit for us as we're thinking, well, what, 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 what haven't we done? 389 episodes in, what haven't we done? And the answer was very little. Yes, we've uh, done quite a bit of shit. Both and about podcasts and in life. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> At least Wayne's life. I haven't done fuck all. In the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> More dick jokes, everyone. So, uh, yes, this show here is about... Now, Paul is, a, is an academic, you might say. No, I work at a university. Sounds slash college for you Americans out there. Which means you spend a lot of your time in universities. Yes, but I don't work as an academic. Okay. Well, Paul has... I've worked in universities for most of my career. Th- exactly. Yep. Okay. So, uh, college to you Americans. Mm-hmm. Uni to us kids. Uh, us Aussies. And uh, I was a college dropout. So, uh, <laughs> it's fair to say <laughs> that we I have some experience and Paul has much experience. But, university life, Paul. College life. Bit different in the movies than it is in reality. Very I think it's fair so, to which say. Is unfortunate. In, in many cases. So this show is about our top 10 college films. And in fact, uh, before you started your life of academia and or working in academia. Um, <laughs> or just working professionally <laughs> in a university, but sure. Same shit, different bucket. I have given lectures before, but not that go. many. See, me yeah. too, but only to like people. Um, <laughs> uh, the You know, d- does it match, Paul? Did you expect a certain thing from university that you did not get based on the movies you saw about it? Well, no one ever tied a cinder block to my balls and dropped it off the side of a building. Good God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a yeah. film that may or may not feature on my list. I have a feeling it will. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. Well, first of all. So there's uh, no hazing and there's no. Look, what we don't have here in Australia, to be really clear to our American audiences, yeah. we don't have fraternities. No. We have guild clubs and we have social clubs. Not even close to like, the same thing. But it's not. We do have on-campus accommodation, but again, not in houses, fraternity houses that you're pledging to and all the rest of that stuff. That is completely foreign to us. So, and frankly, I would like a lot more information about that because from the movies I've seen, it's pretty indictable stuff that it goes on. Oh. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? This day and age, it's like, okay, if yeah. people get their balls touched and tied, is that really still on? Don't know. Yeah, unless they've said... Yes, please. Exactly. And even then, <laughs> please show my apps and all. I, mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, I obviously did not. I did. I was talking to someone about this and they said, after a certain movie they saw, do you have Rules of Attraction on your show? No. On your, on your, okay. After Rules of Attraction, she said, I didn't have anywhere near enough sex in, 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 high, in college because everyone was porking everyone in that show. Pork, uh, pork, I, pork. I pork. would suspect that applies to every male university <laughs> student. Well, they were those lucky student. bastards, Paul, who didn't even have to fucking smell. They didn't have to do anything for yeah. it. It was just getting dick, pee, pee, all, all kinds of shit. Anyway, so, uh, yes, this show is about that. Now... Well, not necessarily about not getting laid, It's but well, it could be part it, of it. As it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, well, then let's get into it then without any further ado. It's pretty straightforward, the brief. It's got to be predominantly set at a college. That's the extent of the brief. But before we get there, let's do a segment which kicks off every show. It's called The Recount. Who wants a recap? Who? 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 Who wants a recap? Who? 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 Who wants a 
with the mailroom, Polly. Well, it's all about last week's show, episode 388. The superior list of movie mentors was voted on by our listeners in the Facebook. There's community links in the show notes if you'd like to get involved. And it was a triumph for France yet again. France <laughs> has won. There's something you never hear. <laughs> Cheers joke for anyone who's wondering. Uh, 62% of the vote went to me plus David Powell's vote. 38% Wayne to you. David Powell still in Facebook jail. Must be coming out of it fairly shortly. Surely, surely. 18 votes to you. 29, therefore 30 to me. However, the comments were predominantly pro-Wayne, which is always interesting when this happens. Interesting. Actually, I tell a lie. The comments were predominantly <laughs> pro Paul. Go ahead. Nicole Presley said, I voted for Paul and had a shocked horror emoji face after it. <laughs> Jason Barr said, Rita Vitowski and Rocky Balboa in Creed, not Rocky Five, thank God, were two great choices. <laughs> Paul wins it for these two. <laughs> Stu for the Stu World Orders podcast said, I'm sure not going for the guy who didn't have Mr. Miyagi number one. Come on, Paul. Miyagi should be over Yoda. So there's a vote for you, Wayne. <laughs> Chef Ben Randall from the In the Weeds, in the Weeds podcast said, Paul, your money, baby. <laughs> you know what? On a personal note, I was listening to the show uh, and I was just kind of like, you know, bystandery. I was sitting there going, you know what? If there was a if there was a fingering to be had, this was definitely the week. <laughs> I, I will tell you, your list was far better than mine. Oh, it was very good. It's gold everywhere. Well, Timothy Williams disagrees. He got Wayne this week. Dr. King Schultz was a great choice. It's totally slipped my mind. But then uh, Dan, I came in and Harkin said, had to vote for Paul. Again, also shocked horror emoji face because although Wayne had some great choices, Fight Club was a terrible one. Really? Yeah. Hey, these things happen. Josh Raglan said, The Rita from Edge of Tomorrow came out of left field for me and was inspired. That's enough to win my vote between these very close lists. Paul, it is. And Troy Spinner, the man who puts the list up in the group every week, said, While I wouldn't call Trent Walker a mentor, and while Miyagi should be at number one, Paul still had the better overall list. Having the right Charles Xavier certainly helped. Hey, I can't help but agree. Oh, well, no, your Charles Xavier was still <laughs> good as well. So that's it for this week's recount. Nothing more to report. Let's get straight into the lists on the other side of this. Music cue. Also, thanks everyone. It's uh, very rare where I feel like, oh, people, you like me. You really like me. <laughs> thanks, Sally <Sunnyfield>. Field. <laughs> Beautiful. It's the subject of this week's countdown. We've already talked about the lack of parameters. Let's get straight into it. Shall I lead us away, Wayne? Bust it. My number 10 is stars peak Rodney Dangerfield in a film which kicks off the whole college comedy trend for me because I never saw Animal House. What? Just lost the list. Wow. Number 10, back to school. Ah, Rodney Dangerfield. You know, this man was quite the comedic legend. You'll find that lots of like these today's comedies actually credit him with a lot of that stuff. The pooling, the tie, the oh, no, that kind of thing. Big back then. Watched about, I'd say, 15 minutes of this film today through various YouTube clips <laughs> to sort of, do I really want, I had a fond memory of it, but I've not watched this film since. It came out in 86. I would a say I saw it in 86 or 87. I remember, the bit I remember from this film is like the where he somehow happens upon a woman who's changing. He goes, oh, don't worry, darling. I didn't see a thing. And then he comes back in. You're perfect. Shit like that back then flew. That's you could do that back then. Obviously, Rodney Dangerfield's comedy would not be okay Any today. 80s comedy wouldn't fly today, Paul. Yeah, I know. So you just got to put that sort of to one side. But I say we know. do. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, look, pretty pretty amusing film, I want to say. It's certainly not as funny as some of the other films that are on my list that are predominantly set in a college. Was that like he he was he's an he's yeah, obviously so an he's, older. He's fella. a millionaire yep. who's I think he sells pants from vague memory or whatever sure. else. And his son's a bit of a fuck up, though uh, a nice enough guy. I think his son might have been from one of the Revenge of the Nerds films. And he comes basically back to college to to keep an eye on it and, and be an inspiration to his son. Like, well, if I can fucking do this and you can as well, you ah. need to lift, lift your game. And it becomes the life of the campus and the life of the party. And a guy that everyone likes except this snooty, stuck-up fucking lecturer <laughs> who does business. And oh, yeah. There's a pretty good scene in a, in a lecture where... That he's saying, we're gonna, in this class, we're going to create a, a business from the ground up and we're going to start with this. And here's the brand. And he's like, whoa, how's that going to work? The Teamsters will be this and this will be that. And, uh, yeah. and everyone starts writing notes in the background, basically like t- paying attention to hear what he's saying as, mm-hmm. a, as a millionaire already who's actually versus done it. this academic. And I did find that very amusing as someone who's worked in universities as a professional, not an academic. That is the old, that is always the thing, right? Yeah. Like when it's like, it's like, yeah, in the real world, you guys wouldn't be able to cut it. You can talk exactly. about this. As, you know, and it's like, oh, exactly. Okay. And in my profession of psychology, there's this great big rub between, you know, research is meant to inform what happens in the field. The scientists do the research and then the practitioners apply that research and make it work or not work and then feed back into the what needs further research. And that's the cycle. That's how it all sort of works. Mm. And here was a great little microcosm of that. Like the real world sometimes doesn't work in the way that the research says. I guess it would be, yeah. the theory says it should work. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had a smart-ass le- like student? Oh, fuck yeah. Really? Yeah. How do you deal with that shit, man? That's weird. Okay. Smart. Look, I'll tell you a time. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, go on. Bring it, bring it. I was working at a university here in Australia. I won't name names. Mm-hmm. And I was triaging someone who's basically coming in wanting a letter of an extension for a set of reasons. Right. And we have very clear criteria around what you can and can't provide letters for. But you have to provide evidence. You've got to provide verifying documentation. So I said, look, go away, get document A, get document B, and then come back and drop back into triage next week and get seen then and assessed. And the council you see then will make an assessment. Right. And this guy said, well, why can't I just see you? I said, oh, look, I'm finishing on Friday and I'm leaving the job. I can't be – otherwise, I would absolutely tell you to come back to me because I'm the one who's asked you to, to provide this documentation. And he goes, what? You're leaving on Friday? Then who cares? Just give me the letter. <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing here, man. Forget about Integrity? it. Integrity? Who I gives a shit? Out. This will never come back and bite you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Students, man, that's how they that's, think. That's how they roll. Fair enough. My number 10, everyone, was a film that I saw back when I was but – a lad. It was in 1983, and it's a film starring Rob Lowe and the dude from Mannequin, Andrew McCarthy. It's called yeah. Class. Oh, I don't know if I've okay, seen this. Movie. Okay, so check it out. And then, then this is this is the show. Okay, so Andrew McCarthy, he plays this like young college charge. He's a freshman or whatever, and he joins this prep school, and he befriends this wealthy roommate who is Rob Lowe. And Rob Lowe is good looking and rich and a roommate. And Still cool. is. Maybe not the roommate part. Yeah, but anyway, he, he, they torture this Andrew McCarthy dude by playing a bunch of tricks on him. But long story short is they sit there and they go, hmm, this guy's a virgin as well. Like Andrew McCarthy's a virgin. So they're like, dude, until you get laid, none of us is safe because they tra- they were afraid. Of, yeah, they're tra- they're afraid of losing. Like sort of like they just basically his inexperience is sort of causing them to miss opportunities with a neighboring female school because he's just not he's got no Rob game. Lowe and Andrew McCarthy this has been an 80s film then, right? 80s 1983 yeah, son wow. I was like 9 years old or some wow. shit right so 8 8 8 years old eight. so um, 8 they actually, he actually sends them out and says okay here's how it is you're going out in the town you're going to get this bus you're going to go to this city and you're going to go hit these bars and you're not allowed back on campus unless you bring me panties right <laughs> you got to go out and get laid. So he goes, and they force him out. Long story short, 
he's wildly un- unsuccessful in the bars and stuff, but then this older woman takes pity on him. <laughs> Jacqueline Bissett. You see where this is going, Paul? You see where this is going? Can't imagine why it's on your list. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it informed my life or not, but long story. Then she, she basically goes and beds him, right? And he's like, what up? Comes back to campus and just pulls out these panties from his fucking jacket pocket. And they're like, oh! They're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> No, they're whoa, not whoa, because whoa, they're not dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> but Paul, there's a huge surprise here. The older woman he nailed, Roblo's mum. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, what? shit. No. Exactly. And then he, he meets her at this family thing when he goes back to Roblo's house. He's like, oh, my God. And she's like, oh, my God. And yada, 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 right? And... Unfortunately, he doesn't stop power slamming her, Paul. So now there's a big thing that goes on, and he finally Roblo finds out it's a big thing, it's a huge and this and that. But the actual movie itself, right. although like, a lot of people don't like it. Sounds like it was set more in a bedroom than it was in, in college. No, no, no. Okay. It's mostly college, right? It's mostly college. But like, it's, it's, um, yes, it was an awakening for me. And most people think that this film is very um, uneven because it goes from really funny shit to, oh my God, he fucked her his mom. And it's not handled, it's handled in a very weird way. Like, oh, damn. So it's kind of cool, but. I remember everything from this film. It was like a, it was like me learning about oh, is this how adults and and older kids do things? And Jacqueline Bissett was hot. <laughs> I understood sure, why he sure. why he jumped her, and I understood why she jumped him. And it was like oh, there you are. So you see, it's a eh, okay. an old favorite of mine. But most people were too young to too old to actually or too young to actually know this one. There you are, class. All right. Well, I'm going to continue my college comedy trend with my number Go nine, on. and I'm going to move from the 80s into the 90s, the next generation of college films. PCU. What's that? Jeremy Piven. Oh, I've heard of this show. You've so, never seen it? No, Ari Gold is in it though, right? Well, he is the star. He's of, the star. Of oh. the, well, I mean, there's a there's a sort of new grad, Chris Young. What's it about? Basically, Chris Young comes to whatever college it is, and this is the PCU stands for Politically Correct University. Oh, so this is the era. 1994. This film was released. Oh my God! Are you sure it wasn't shot now? <laughs> Directed by Hart Boxner. Oh, Ellis, Ellis from Die Hard. Hard directed what up, this movie. Dog? Yeah. <laughs> This is, I wouldn't say Peak Piven. Peak Piven is Entourage, right? Most definitely. But this is the same era of as Judgment Night. So imagine Jeremy Piven as a college student who's been around for a long time and the leader of basically a frat. He had to be like 35 back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly with that hairline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think Piven is someone who, who played older when he was younger, if that makes Definitely. sense. Definitely. So David Spade is the, the head of this underground. Whoa, you like a David Spade film? <sighs> Look. He's the antagonist and a prick. I love so David Spade. therefore, I, love David Spade. I can get past Fine. my hatred of David Spade. And basically, it's a a film where the traditional college students versus the preppy college students who wear shirts and ties Got and it. whatever else. Yep. They're in this war. They're not meant to have fraternities and they're having underground parties or whatever else. And Legal the, versus the arts. Yeah, Apparently, the, this happens now. The dean of the university is played by Jessica Walter. Oh. And... Yeah, look, and then John Favreau is one of the offsiders in it. Jake Busey's in it, and it's just amusing. It's amusing. amusing film. PCU. Yeah, I think it's a better better film than Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School because it's legitimately got a couple of funny moments that I remember, which I don't want to spoil. But it's funny that these college films are where a lot of people cut their teeth. You know, Virginia Madsen was in that class. That's where she turned up. That's where in, the, in that movie, and yeah. like a lot of other folks, John Cusack as well. That was well, it makes sense because they're about young, young, well, Absolutely. younger people playing younger yeah, yeah. roles. So okay. yeah, nice PCU. All right, PCU. Nice one. Sometimes, in fact, I think here in Australia it's called PCU Pit Party. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we do that in Australia every once. For some reason, there's a different title. Over and here. the film does have a big moment where they're having a party in this place. Yeah, like a pit. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice one. My number nine is a film that for some reason I've seen ten times. It's called Orange County, Paul. Orange County. 
Now, this has Colin Hanks, your favourite, Jack Black. Um, I still like him more than fucking David Spade. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's about um, a smart high school student, Colin Hanks. He gets accepted into Stanford University, but then it gets jeopardised when his guidance counsellor sends the wrong transcript with his application, and he has to drive to that college where the professor is none other than Egon, uh, Harold Ramis. Okay. And he's trying to get that whole... Springs of Eggville. I think this film had a song from... Foo but, Fighters. No, no. Called the one. It on the may soundtrack. have, but the, well, the thing that happens all the way through this film is a song by, I believe, Crazy Town called Butterfly. Oh, good come, song. my lady, come, come, come my lady. lady. You're my sugar fly. Sugar, Butter- baby. Oh, you're Something. my butterfly. Yeah, yeah, sugar, yeah. baby. Yes. Now That's that goes all the way through the song, and it's actually well, all the way through the movie, right? Guess we know how we're opening the show now. Uh, yeah, which I actually love. I actually do like this song, but the song, the show as well. Jack Black Bing. plays. Bing. That's it. That's it. Plays the stoner. This, in a huge stretch. I know. His stoner brother, who is, I'm sorry, Paul, he's hilarious all the way through this. And it's pure class because I hadn't even, I didn't even know who Colin Hanks was at the time. And it's, he looks so much like Tom Hanks, right? <laughs> okay. It's not the story time. What? So an ex-girlfriend of mine Go on. in Melbourne, right? Yep. Her ex-boyfriend before me mm-hmm. told a story where basically one night, I can't remember what it was, it might have been 99 Chris, uh, New Year's Eve, yeah. was out on the town yep. and Jack Black was in town. What? Okay. Filming whatever the hell he was filming. Sure. He, and they happened to wind up at the same place. Mm-hmm. And then he, he got up to go to the toilet, came back and Jack Black was sitting in his seat. Trying to hook up with his hoe? No, no. Okay, no, all right. No, it just walked up. Basically, he, was like, he had had enough drinks. He just walked up there. And he said, I kind of clocked it with Jack Black, but I didn't really. And he's like, you're in my fucking seat, man. What? Jack Black's like, oh shit, fuck, sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, what a nice guy. He got up and got out of the way. He sat out again. He's like, oh, I just fucking told Jack Black to get on my seat. <laughs> it's a bit like, it's a bit arrogant. You're in my fucking seat, man. It's like, oh, dude, I was sitting there. How about that? Uh, who knows? Who I don't knows? Know. I think he's exaggerating the story, but yeah. yeah. Well, a bit, a bit, a bit aggressive, and I'm sure it was more like, man, you're in my seat. Get out of the way. Hey, hey that I would have sit- been fine. And it was actually pretty cool of Jack Black to be like, you know who I am. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't, he didn't do that. Do that. Well, so, and apparently didn't have an entourage and didn't have whatever else. He was just sort of moseying. He strikes in. me as that sort of fellow. Yeah. He really deserves more of your respect. <laughs> <laughs> and um, acts like it. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yes, I think the best thing about this Orange County is, first of all, I didn't even know when I saw that Orange County was a, was a suburb of LA or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Or, or county, OC. Or OC, exactly. Uh, but itself is actually a fun and uh, every, uh, there's a lot, a lot of laughs in this film, despite being a very... I guess it's coming of age, but it's it's all about him and his girlfriend and that kind of shit. And it's actually a really fun watch. And Butterfly. So, you know, <laughs> I recommend my it. Lady. Come, come, my lady. <laughs> Is that going to be in your head now? It's going to be in your head. For sure. Uh-huh. My Continuing, my, my number eight. Well, the next please. generation of college set comedies is Old School, directed by Todd Phillips. Low. And starring Luke Wilson. I, this is ironic to me. Luke Wilson is the star of this film. And you get the two pe- people who are his co-stars are Will, Will Ferrell Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn yep. Will Ferrell this was back when he was funny <laughs> do you remember that time ladies and gentlemen where Will Ferrell's stick was actually comedic was actually like he's quick and he's funny and he says shit that makes you laugh that ship has fucking sailed <laughs> but in 2003 Circa Theus and Anchorman this is peak Ferrell and this film trades on peak Ferrell exceptionally well Absolutely. Old school is the shit. And I It's also got Jerry and Piven's character from PCU graduating to be the dean ten oh, years really? later. No. But I'm just in my head, that's how this goes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fan theories, everyone. Uh yes, Todd Phillip films are not for everyone, but I think this one in particular does deliver because it's about well, adults starting their own fraternity that ultimately draws students to a house that's just off the campus. They're not going to the uni. 
They, they no, just well, started well Luke Wilson's not, yeah, but he yeah. starts the fret, that's right. But then they start that fucking, you know, was it Luca Palooza or whatever his name is. Like, they, they, and it's, it becomes like party town and stuff. And, the, and this is the one where they have the, the cinder blocks attached to balls. Is that this one? Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Wanderers. No, no, and they <laughs> shove that off the off the and it, but the ropes are long enough that they just hit the ground, so yeah. they don't actually. But then one dude, they the big huge African American dude, it goes through a pothole. Oh, that's right. And <laughs> oh, I remember that now. I just remembered it. Holy crap! This is you know what the. the this all all, comedy. all the gags in here are wicked. Vince oh, Bond- my boy blue. <laughs> Well, Vince Vaughn owns like a like a like a. Um, he's a multi-billionaire. Yeah, yeah, but he also owns like a, a high flag chain of things. So he's got like all this like fucking he's shit Harvey that they Norman. can do. He's Harvey Norman, basically, yep. right? And uh, and then that's where they can make all this. Like, I got more shit here than a Kiss concert, yeah, you know. But the best thing, Paul, about this film, in my opinion, is do you are you familiar with a Hollywood band called the Dan Band? No. Okay, so in this film, and also in The Hangover, I'm pretty sure they're at the wedding. So they're and with Tom Phillips then. Probably, mm-hmm. I would say so. This Dan band is fronted by a dude with a with a goatee, and he's just the singer of the band. And they turn up, they do wedding bands, but he for fu- for no reason whatsoever injects curse words into wedding standards. Oh, I did see this, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's Pretty like, um, you know, every now and then I get a little bit terrified to see the fucking look in your eye. It's yeah. like that, right? Yep. And as you can imagine, Wayne. <laughs> Very enamored with this band, dude. It is. It's so funny because what happens is the way they play it. It's like they, everyone's dancing, and then you hear the cuss, and they, all, everyone just looks at this, like, "What the fuck? Did I just hear that?" And he's like, "Fucking every now and then I fall apart." And she like really piss funny, and every time he does it, I crack myself up because it's the best thing about this show, and that it's it's so popular that it keeps turning up in different movies. Okay, that's the best thing about this shit, man. I love this show. The Paul other the part about this show that again, Will Ferrell in a great moment is. He gets pissed at the first party. He's like, yeah, let's go string everyone. Yeah. Yep. And he just gets naked and starts running off, whatever. And then his wife, who's played by, again, Jeremy Piven's uh, wife in Entourage. Oh, it is her. Yes, it is Mrs. Ari. Harry, whatever her name is. That girl. So she's That's right. she drives alongside him. <laughs> what are you doing? We're, we're streaking, honey. Sorry, we're, just, we're all doing it. Get in the car. Gets in the car with her two girlfriends. And he's like, can we get some KFC? <laughs> You can tell a lot of this is ad lib by Will Ferrell. I'm saying this is peak Ferrell 20 years ago. If you look at the making of all these films, a lot of these films, a lot of these comedic actors are just riffing, yep. and that's like what makes it into the into the show. So that's why, actually, even normal shows do that. So uh, yeah, old school, criminally low. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, my number eight is Van Wilder, the party liaison. Honorable yes, mention for me, primarily because a little bit like these other three, to be honest. But this thing has one standout disgracefully disgusting joke which you'll never forget for your whole entire I, life I, it's the thing that I first thought of but this yeah, but beyond on. that I just they're all as much of much as I totally understand go well the thing that is about this one here is that okay so it's Ryan Wren I love Ryan Wren he's playing an old college student and you would think that wouldn't work but because Reynolds is so smarmy and charming at the same time Van Wilder doesn't actually come across as a sociopath. He's an older guy who's been at uni for like fucking 10 years or whatever. And his whole thing is he parties. And it's all about partying at college, getting smoking weed, this, that, whatever, and so on. Uh, so that part of it is already like he's charming enough like fuck, to fuck, make it funny. Fuck, fuck, motherfucker, 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 noise, noise, noise. No, just motherfucker. No, that's just motherfucking yeah, ass. That was Jason Bob. Bob yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, what's he doing? Uh, but like just his even gags, because like, I think Tara Reid was in this. And she's like, um, he's like, are you? Stalking me because I think that'd be great. <laughs> and shit like that. But of course, the scene you're talking about, Paul, is where he 
God, this is bad. Oui. He's got a bulldog that for some reason hasn't come in like four years, and he's got balls the size of <laughs> just very big balls. And so, ballsy. Just, <laughs> stupid. Well done. Ballsy. This is actually remotely like pertinent. <laughs> Fuck but, you. <laughs> but in order to prank the preppy other motherfuckers who are clearly the bad guys, he gets the dog to somehow come into a bunch of donuts and then leaves the donuts at the fucking door, <laughs> says this is a gift, and they all, of course, eat the donuts by what pouring. The, what the hell? I know. Well, the no, way that they played no. it, Paul, is that they're pouring these cum-filled donuts into their mouth, going, wow, it's so, so familiar. <laughs> it's still warm. It's still this. It's like, oh, damn. And then it really the lends bo- into it. Of course, at the bottom of the donuts is a picture of the dog fucking all of them. They're like, Ooh, and I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, surely, Paul, you'd, you'd realize it was cum and not cream fairly quickly. I mean, <laughs> have uh, you ever tasted gum? No. Your own? No. Even incidentally? No. Never? Well... No, I don't think so. Like after, it, after a, you know, a, a sort of a gushing, and then she says, "Give me a kiss," and you're like, "Oh shit!" And you're like ducking it like no, the Matrix. No, no, I think so. Uh, me neither. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> great save, well done. <laughs> totally bought it. Totally bought it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Oh shit. Okay, <laughs> you're number seven, sir. Oh. Wayne Snowball or is <laughs> Do you know what a Jamaican snowstorm is? No. It's after you blow a beans in her mouth and she goes <laughs> in the air and it just goes all over the room. <laughs> Why is it Jamaican? I, I don't know. It's like it's like the Cleveland steamer. I'm sure it's got fuck all to do with Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people say bumfuck Idaho? Yep. There's 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 series of those. There's um blowjob Iwo Jima and there's also soapy tick fuck Michigan. <laughs> Really? Yeah, a few people say, oh, you're into soapy tip, fuck Michigan. Anyway. That's what you're taking away from this episode, ladies and gentlemen. That's Great. right. <laughs> All right, finally getting off the comedy train here with my number seven is where I'm putting Happy Death Day. Ah, uh, now I've heard the about first, this. first, but not my last horror film on this. Oh, it's very light. It's very more a horror comedy. This is directed by Chris Lannan, he who did the Zombies Guide to the, uh, sorry, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, okay. I remember that show. We did it for the show. I, I, remember, I, I yes. hope you do. As well as Freaky, which was an excellent horror film. Did you watch Freaky? Did we do that for the I show? Think I think we did. You told me of it. I can't remember. It's in my top 10 for that year. Anyway, so Happy Death Day is a time loop film where college student Tree, her name's Tree. Really? Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, she's attractive, so it's okay. Oh, that's fine then. <laughs> bye bye, Jessica Roth. So Tree is short for Teresa, apparently. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, she gets trapped way. in this bizarre and terrifying time warp where she finds herself basically. Reliving the day of her murder over and over again. So she gets murdered, wakes up again, and oh. then starts to relive the day. And Does she know who killed her? No, that's the whole point. Of oh, she's trying to figure she's it trying out. trying to figure out who's killing Because it's someone in this sort of... Uh, the college that she's at has this weird kind of mascot dude. And it's someone dressed as a mascot. Ah, uh, so she can't tell who's under there. Yes. Is it Grizzly? No, it's it's a PG... Oh, really? PG-13 film. So beach. they, even though she dies probably 20, 30 times it's in the film. It's not slacky slash slash. It's not. There's, there's minimal blood and a few other characters die. But again, they all come back because it's the all start right. of every day. All right, all right. That's not bad. Look, it, it's fun and it's a bit different. And people love it. People love this film. I just, it, I guess I was wanting it to be a bit harder into the horror or be a bit funnier. What a shock. Yes. For me, it was right in the middle of, it's okay. It's pretty, like, like these other films so far on my list. I'm not, wow about them. This is not a, a wow list. Let me be very, very clear, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But uh, but it's enjoyable enough. Did it end well, Paul? Were you six, do you remember the? Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the the reveal of the killer is satisfying enough. Okay. Yep. That's cool. Okay, my number seven, everyone. I was actually a huge fan of the original movie of which this is a remake. 
The Nutty Professor. Oh, for fuck's sake. You don't like The Nutty Professor? No. Let me tell you about how this, this came to be. This is fucking right? Eddie Murphy in no, 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 hosting no. mode. No, oh, that's no. a clumps. I disagree. All right? <laughs> so here's what happened, everyone. Yes, I dug the Jerry Lewis one that was made in the 63 or whatever, Never right? Seen it. Uh, in 1996, I hear. In now 1996. remember. 1996. Yes, I remember. I remember this stage. Eddie Murphy was punching out turd after turd. And oh, this oh, seemed yeah. like another bag of dicks to add to the Vampire in Brooklyn esque pile of shit he was churning out. Okay? So I remember hearing about this at work back in the Dizzy. And someone said, Oh, you got to see The Nutty Professor. I'm like, Isn't that an Eddie Murphy movie? Because at that stage, his name was Mud. It's just like, Oh, he's going to do another piece of shit. She goes, Yeah, but it's good. And I went, Why? And she said, Fart jokes. And I went, I'm intrigued. <laughs> so. <laughs> makes complete sense to me. That's right, motherfucker. So, um, <laughs> he, yeah, so the Nutty Professor, like I said, I thought it was going to be a piece of shit, but then it turned out to be a fucking banger, Paul. It became both his career resurrection and reinvention, because this time, Sherman Klump is a teacher who's, rather than in the original film, he was a nerd. Now he's a, uh, he's on the heavier Sorry, side. Sorry, I think you mean to say, nerd! Exactly. This time he is a large man, and then he, of course, drinks the potion and then turns into Buddy Love, which is the same character name as, as Jerry Lewis. But he becomes a good-looking, insufferable cunt. And so, <laughs> and now, okay, so your favorite Jada Pinkett Smith, Excellent. not Yada. Um, <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure what you were talking about there. This is the first, <laughs> this is the first time I, I saw this film. She, in, she actually, out of interest, hates the wig that she had to wear in the film. It was a straight kind of hair thing, and she's like, but... This is a weird kind of thing because it was a bit of a gamble for the studio. It was um, Tom Shadyak had done Ace Ventura Pet Detective and he came aboard because he was going to be done by John Landis. But of course, John Landis did another piece of shit movie from Eddie Murphy previously and it was a bag of dicks. So this like became huge and then the Shadyak guy became like this powerhouse doing like Liar Liar and Bruce Almighty after that and all sort of shit. But the actual film itself, Paul Rick Baker did the makeup. Which is why it looks so good. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? American Whale from London. Yeah, and he had done that on like Coming to America or whatever. But um, I, I actually think that, okay, fart jokes aside, although no, fart jokes is definitely the centerpiece of this film. The fart scene, fantastic. Uh, but all of the other things that happen about this stuff, the, 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 the main message of the film is that be yourself. I get that. It'll be a bit hokey now, but like as it turns sure, out for the time, it was really, really cool. And there's a scene where Dave Chappelle is playing this like asshole comedian on stage who actually gets shut down by Buddy Love. Very, very cool. So This film is rated G from memory. Is it? Possibly PG. Must be PG with all the farting. But there's no swearing. So how does Dave Chappelle be Dave Chappelle without swearing? I don't know. I think, well, here's, here's the joke. He, Dave Chappelle was on stage and he sees, you know, Sherman Clump, the fat guy next to Jada Pinkett Smith or whatever. And he's like, oh, what's whatever, going on here? And he said, yeah, he said, whatever. <laughs> he keeps giving his shit like, oh, who's sucking on whose titties here? That doesn't sound like PG to me. It must be PG-13 at the very least. So I think you can say titties, right? You can't say titties. I'm not sure. <laughs> but that was the kind of joke. Uh, well, to, to quote Rai Rai in the show that recently came out, Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah. You get one fuck, two shits, and a whole bunch of you probably get a few gentle references. You get it titties. Like breasts or titties. I can't remember. Yeah, titties would be fine. Uh, I know there's only a one fuck rule. I don't know that there's a fuck in this film, but you know there you are. So yeah, I think it'd be PG thirteen at the least. Okay, but I thought it was great. Like it still holds up as well. The the clumps less so. Well, the clumps is fucking garbage. I didn't think it was that bad, but then again, it was coming off this one, so I don't know. But yes, uh, yes, uh, the Nutty Professor is my number seven. I think I'd rather eat some piss. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's my clumps review. Fair enough. Uh, my number six is a film which I watched as I worked my way through the IMDb Top 250 a few years back for the Movie Watching Challenge with Hendo from the Movie Journey podcast. 
it's A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe in... I can't remember if he won the Academy Award, but he's certainly nominated for this film. Mm. It's from 2001 and it follows a Josh Nash, uh, based on a true story. He was a brilliant but asocial mathematician yep. who ends up developing or becoming psychotic and getting schizophrenia. And so this is... He's an academic... Well, he's a student and then goes on to be an academic and... He is brilliant, but his mind disintegrates. Jennifer Connelly is his wife. Mm-hmm. Always a big tick, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. He's and still tight, man. Directed by Ron Howard, so it's that kind of film. It's not brilliant, but it's it's very solid I drama. I loved this film. Oh, I loved it. I loved is it, it in your list? It's not on my list. What I are you wish, doing? I wish it was. Oh, we never talk about this film. Because, okay, so Russell Crowe, right? This is Bernie, he was a, a, an almost-sized man. And... Um, <laughs> He's always been yes. a wicked actor, right? He yes, has always very been a wicked actor. actor. Okay, so but then this film comes because I remember when there's the the early part of the film where he's young, yes, and he's all those guys like Josh, what's his name? Who's who's Lucas? The, Josh Lucas, yes. What was cool was like a bunch of girls walked into the bar and they were like, okay, who gets the blonde? And then he starts, then Russell Crowe spots this whole thing about, well, if we all go for not the blonde, then this happens. And then he basically reasons out how the best way to make the blonde come into play is to go for the other ones. And they were like, what the hell? And that was a kind of interesting way to put it this. And the way they depicted it was all the other girls disappeared as he was talking. Kind of cool. And then later on, when it turns out that he, yes, has got some psychosis or something, he becomes sort of good about it by like he'll sit, he'll sit there and some woman starts talking to him in a classroom full of people and then he'll look over to the side to this girl and say do you see a woman talking to me right now and she's like yes he's like, okay cool thank you and then just then he goes and engages yeah, shit right. like that is he very cool to live with it and and the like so it's a happy enough ending but it's a ha- sort of harrowing journey of, of mental health issues in particular something that can be as, as horrendously awful as schizophrenia so yeah well i was interested in that because because of his condition, he's really not at all charming. He's actually kind of an asshole. Mm. But then Jennifer Connelly somehow sees something in him and accepts that he's just this weird guy. And she, he's never going to say the thing she wants. But she, I guess, loves him for his mind. Yeah, and it's a beautiful mind, I guess. And also completely unrealistic. Completely. I, I don't know what you piss John, a woman off, she'll John stay Nash's off. wife in real life looks like. But I do imagine she doesn't look like Jennifer Connelly. No, because Jennifer Connelly is going to fucking bone Tom Cruise. She's like, fuck this guy. I get it. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, my number six, everyone, is a film called Neighbors. That's my number five. Okay, yeah. it, was, it was released as so bad I, I Neighbors. I complete my college ten year every decade with Neighbors here. Neighbors, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, so Zach Efron, uh, Seth Rogen, and Rose Byrne. Yes. Yep. So we have here Zach, uh, Rose Byrne, and and Seth Rogen are a couple, and they happen to move in next door to a fraternity house, and initially they try and get along with a cool fraternity president, Zach Efron. And then a war erupts when they call the cops on the students during this party, which was a contravention of their agreement. And it becomes a hard partying fraternity, sort of animal housey kind of show, but in today's way. Now, why it was cool is one, I like every single person in this cast. I like McLovin. I like the mm-hmm. fucking, you know... Dave Franco. Dave Franco, all these Ike people. Baronholtz. Ike Barinholtz. Ike Barinholtz is, is an unsung you hero. Love Ike. I love that motherfucker. He's hilarious. And the, the best thing about this film is you like everyone. You like the protagonist and the antagonist yeah. equally. And Arguably, even this is a Nicholas Dollar film. This is one of the best examples of, well, we don't have to have an antagonist. We can have two sets of characters that have equal sort of say and rights and no one's the complete arsehole that you're throwing against and no one's the complete good people that you're throwing in with. And you know why, Paul? Because every scene is for the sake of comedy as opposed to, uh, let's say, ah, 
I guess there's character development in there, but you're not oh, actually yeah. trying to create an enemy. So what happens when you're watching a comedy and you like watching all of the characters is your net happiness is maximized for. <laughs> sure. Because you're not pissed off at any stage. You're like, oh, amused at all stages. That's why this film is the shit, everyone. Bad Neighbors and even the sequel had done no. something. The sequel the did sequel something. The sequel drops the ball. Look, it's not as good. No, we're near. Something the sequel does do well is that because he's Zac Efron and everyone wants to fuck him, there's all these, it deals a lot with like younger women, so who are like sort of, you know, like college girls, who would normally go apeshit over Zac Efron, even though he's a bit older, but they don't play that note. They mention once that he's hot, and then he becomes like the old man in the show. And it works really well. So, mm. But yeah, we're talking about I, Bad I Neighbors, so. the first one. The first so. one, yeah, well, the, except it's called Neighbors in America. Yes, Here, bad neighbors the bad added on. Yes. Just because apparently we needed that extra. Excellent. That's how it is Word. in Australia, everyone. Yeah. So that's my five. Straight back to you then. Nice one. My number five is... <laughs> I'm sorry if it's a, a little uh, rote, everyone, but 22 Jump Street. It's my number four. Yes! <laughs> you know why, Paul? Because... Because this is the funniest college set movie I think exists. Really? You think old school. I think 22 Oh, yeah. Jump I think Street. obviously I'm better at this one. But in this... Okay, so it's a sequel to 21 Jump Street, which would be on my list except that was high, high school. school. Correct. Okay? I'm, glad, I'm glad you made that distinction. Absolutely. Now, this is about... Okay, so you've got like um, Jonah Hill and Channing Scrotum and <laughs> Ice Cube and fucking... What's her name? Miss Marvel? No, Marvel. Uh, what's her name? Brie Matt... Brie... Brie Larson? Brie Larson. Is in this one or was the first one? I don't think she's in this one. I don't think she's in this yeah, one. Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer... Is it Jennifer Bell? I want to say Jen. Oh yes, it is Jen. Who yeah. plays the, the the girl who fights with fucking Schmidt? Yeah. Yes. All right. So Jillian, Jillian, Bell, Jillian sorry, Jillian my apologies. Bell. Okay, so they go. Why Russell's this one? Kurt Russell's son? Didn't even know that. Let's talk about Kurt Russell's son. Mm. All right. Now, first of all, it's about these two cops going undercover at a local college, and it's you know, it, like with the first one, there's some commentary on the changing views of gender and sexuality, and all more importantly, there's commentary on sequels. That is the best yes. meta gag about this. At the end, there's just like 22, 23, oh, that 24, is, That's 25. hilariously funny. But all the way through the... What? We're just, they keep saying, just do the same thing again. Exactly. What? what? But we're, we're not in the same place. Just do it. Dude, the, you know what is the genius of this film? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say genius, okay? Is that the gags they throw in here, you twist your head a bit and it's corny, but you look at it this way and it works. For example, Ice Cube is their captain. And they go into this new church, right? Yeah, and across he's got the road. Yeah, across the road, right? Because it's 23 Jump Street. Or 22 no, 22 Jump Street. And so that gags across the other side of the road. What's going to happen next? We're going to move back across the road. And then later on, there's a scene with a sign that says, coming soon, 23, 22, 23, 23 Jump Street. Exactly. See? No, but here's the thing. Like, when they walk in there, this is a custom-built joke. But they walk in, <laughs> and Ice Cube's like actual office is this entire glass cube. Right? Yes. <laughs> like, wow, look at his office. Looks like a huge ice cube. <laughs> right? <laughs> Is, all right, and even the it's best good. the best joke in this is he's talking about how because we're a re we're really successful we get carte blanche man we get carte blanche we can do whatever we want and then later on in the movie it's like well we're getting shut down and then Channing Tatum's like I thought we had Kate Blanchett <laughs> hilarious hilarious <laughs> ass joke I think man. the funniest jokes is the, is the exchange when so <laughs> Schmidt Jonah Hill sleeps yep. with well Ice Cube's daughter. daughter at college and mm -hmm. her roommate is Gillian Bell and in the morning she's like. Just riffing on him, oh. basically going to town, going, "What's it like to sleep with your grandfather?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? I'm 19. Uh -huh. Yeah, which war did you fight in? Any of them? Exactly. <laughs> it's just shit like that. And you know Very what? Very funny, dude. That was the awakening of that Jillian. That's why she was in movies like fucking like the other Seth. Rogen and then it builds to the fight scene. The fight the scene fight. is one of the best fight scenes I've seen because it's like, <laughs> are you trying to kiss me? Trying to no, it's like the most confusing fight I've ever had in my life. Kiss him and stuff like that. That shit is pure classic and it's very hard to get off. But speaking of right, Russell. 
the amount of jokes about hey, we got to meet cute, and they're talking, yes. they're just gagging that, and then all of the the homosexual stuff yep. where they're like working it, and like this is funny. I don't care what anyone thinks. This is like piss pure wicked stuff. These two films are very good. They were very very good, and and let's also a, f- a comedy sequel that's actually good. Yeah, very hardly rare. ever happens. Unlike the clumps, yes. Okay, I'm fair enough. <laughs> this is not. This is this is almost better than the second. Unlike one. Unlike Bad Neighbors, the first two. One. I don't mind that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Twenty Two Jump Street, and that was your number four. That was, was my four. So straight back to you again. Oh, fuck, my number four is old school. Hey! <laughs> so now we're back to you. All right. So you have old school. You're funny. Well, do you have a funnier comedy higher than that? Mm, <laughs> no, it gets pretty dramatic from here, Paul. As it does for me. Well, sort of. My number three is the best horror film set on a college campus, which is also fairly funny in places. It's Scream Two. Oh, I didn't even think about Scream yeah, 2. That's right. One of the listeners put this up there, and I have to admit, well, oh, thank God. Yes, this film is great. I love Scream. And I, As do when I. I first watched Scream 2 in 997, which was the advent of the internet here in Australia. Everyone, I- Paul took me and a, a group of our friends to Scream 1. Yep. I may have been kicking and screaming, but ended up liking it. Then Scream 2. two. Comes, and I'm like, and this can't be even near as good. And it was. It was. Dude. I think it's the perfect sequel. It's, I've been rewatching them all again more recently before. Screen 5 came out, not as good, but still very, very good. Apart from one or two small bits and pieces, this film really builds on the next one. And much like 22 Jump Street with Kevin Williamson's very smart script, still directed by Wes Craven, it is poking fun at sequels while still managing to be thrilling, still managing to give you some scares. And when the reveal happens, still surprise, at least in one of the two cases. So, Who are the two guys? Is Wes Craven and another guy? Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Wrote the first three. No, but there's like... There's you a know, maybe he didn't write number two, three, actually. Maybe I'll take that back. Yeah. Now, th- this... I will say this. I remember this about the film. And for me to remember anything about horror film, horror, already fucking amazing, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but this film actually fooled me. Because there's, it's presented to you that this person might be the bad guy or this person might be the bad guy. But I'm not going to drop any spoilers in case you want to watch it. But the combination... The film is now 25 years old. I'm pretty sure if you wanted to watch Scream 2, you've watched it. Uh, who knows? They might just go, oh, maybe I should watch it. If we this. live by that, by that <laughs> rationale, this podcast would have folded a long time ago. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Paul. The character that it ends... Because like, I think in the first one, there were two killers. Yes. Right? And the second one? And the second one, there's three, motherfucker. No, it's two. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the event. That, yeah, that person and that person. So, but that I did not pick it up. I was sitting there going, "Well, it's definitely probably that guy." Ended up being that guy, but also another person which mm. I didn't see coming. And that, my friends, is why this is the shit. The scream. These one and two were the bomb. And for me to like it, as always, I don't like horror, but I like this one. Word. That's well, we've the got shit. Scream six coming early next year. Oh. D- Dead. Well, there you go. So you're not worried about spoiling Scream 2, but you'll scroll, spoil the film that came out. <laughs> <laughs> I see your logic on talks. <laughs> Scream 6 is going to suck, surely. <laughs> well, more than that, Nev Campbell's not back. She's refusing to come back because I wouldn't get to pay her enough. Oh, so she what's drew, she got to do these she days? She drew a line on the stand and said, fuck that, not coming back. So, so Courtney Cox? Maybe. Then it's not even Scream. Well, we've got the survivors of Scream 5. I can't even remember those motherfuckers. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, yes. So, yes. Scream. I agree completely. A really good call. Thank you. You're number three, sir. Number three is a film that Paul and I saw together. Ooh. Way back in the day. It's called Rounders. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So, Rounders has Matt Damon, Ed Norton, John Malkovich, and Gretchen Maul, for what it's worth. (laughs) We may well get a John Malkovich impersonation (laughs) from Wayne in this film. Oh, yeah. I forgot. This description is over. the only one I can do. So, Yes. (laughs) Uh, everyone, this is about, look, it's ostensibly about poker grifting, right? Mm-hmm. Not grifting, just gambling. 
but it's about Matt Damon, who is a law student. And a lot of it is actually does because a big character in it is his professor, and they do a lot of law type stuff, and you know they're leaning into that. And and Matt Damon though is like this pretty wicked poker player, and he goes and does underground games, which is um, headed up usually by this underworld sort of king of that thing, which is John Malkovich playing a Russian. And what happens is the first act of the film, he kind of is doing this thing and he's talking about how good he is. And he says, you know, poker is a job just like any other man. You got to grind. You got to grind. You got to grind until you get this done. And then you and so he's like really confident in himself. But of course, he gets taken. He gets completely taken on the game and loses all of his tuition, loses all of his money. And he's got to drop out of, of uni or, or college. And the next part of the film is I'm here to tell you what happens to guys like me. You lose all your money. And then you start fucking, you just work a job. He works a delivery job and he just saves every penny he gets. Right. And of course, his friend, Ed Norton, comes out of prison. And they're like, hey, what's up? We're old friends, this, that. And Ed Norton's like, basically tries to get back in the game, borrows some money from him, you know, gets back and then it gets into Hawk. Then people come after Matt Damon for the money, all this sort of shit. Long story short, him and Ed Norton got to go back into that world and try and earn enough money to buy off the, ba- the debt that fucking Ed Norton has put together. Then it becomes this story about why. What's really for you? You go back to uni, but do you really want that? Is that the thing you want with your life? Right. Or are you a born gambler and that's the only thing that lights your fire? And it's just beautifully written and really, really well acted. And you got your John Malcolm. Watched it once. Really? I remember what you said, you and I said when we talked about this, right? Because you, you, we, we thought, that was a good film. That was a good solid film. It wouldn't set the light on f- world on fire, except for yeah. the give yet man his man. Right? <laughs> except for the John Malkovich not at all. <laughs> but I actually, over the years, I have come to actually appreciate the film for what it is and, and make it awesome. So, yes, I've talked a lot so, about it. Speaking to you personally, fair enough. My number two is a film which, when I first watched it, I was like, eh. Really? Pretty boring. Really? Didn't really do it for me. And what the fuck am I doing watching a film about Facebook anyway? Uh-huh. <laughs> but then when Nicholas Haskins, ex-epic film guy, now host of Nicholas Kitchen, got me to watch it again as part of our sort of back and forth review series we did for the patrons on our shows, the social network rose in my estimation. You've always been hard on this fucking film. And it's because you thought it was the Facebook movie, like the emoji movie. <laughs> A little bit. I gotta be honest. That's what everyone like, thought before it came like, out. How entertaining can a film be about fucking? And I watched the first time I watched it. Gotta be honest, didn't see it at cinema. Watched it at home. Was probably in and out. Fucking not vacuuming, but just doing other things. I watched it. Just wasn't drawn in. But when yeah. I sat and watched it for the two hours of this runtime, yeah, these performances, I fucking hate Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. But Jesse Eisenberg, oh, yeah. as David Zuckerberg, Mark, Mark, that guy too, <laughs> is phenomenal. Um, he I, does unlikable and spectrumy and cunty really re- not those two things go together. He is a but talented really, actor. really well. And then Andrew Garfield in that in certain sequences of this movie knocks it out of the park. Even also that, that whole opening scene where they're in the bar and who's his girlfriend at the start of the movie? I can't remember her name. Is it is it Rooney Mara? I wanna say yes, but may not. May not be. But having said that though, that is what that is the genius of this film. Yes, Aaron Sorkin, Rockstar writer. Makes yes. this thing work, okay? It's well, because of the dialogue, but like this is amazing dialogue, and it's amazing, like acting and Jesse Eisenberg is great. You just don't like his it's the score, good. it's the acting, it's the direction, it's the writing, it's all those things, and and stars notable cannibal Army Hammer in two roles, and still doesn't suck. This was his, this was his fucking, <laughs> this was his break, man. Because you know, I actually saw a documentary about the second guy, who 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 played his twin, and I had to graft Army oh, Hammer's yeah. head onto yep, him, yep. and he said. When they told me that 
Army Hammer would be the actor's head on my body and not the other way around. It killed me. Oh. And then when I saw the film, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to be happy that I was a part of this because this movie is insanely good. Mm. And it really is good. The only reason it's not on my list is because I talk about it all the time. Fair but enough. you, you hardly ever talk about it. Fair so. enough. Yeah, look, Andrew Garfield, that performance where he comes back, I'm not coming back for whatever yeah. he says. I'm coming back for... Oh, that was cool. And then Justin Timberlake, man. Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake was cool in this film. Doing a really good job of being a completely unlikable douche. Sean, Sean Parker. Sean Parker yeah. yeah. Napster man himself. By the way, Napster was the first pirating I ever did, Paul. Mm. And the first song I ever pirated on Napster was... Do you remember this shit? Yes. Jesus. It was Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus. I honestly <laughs> remember picking up Butterfly that way. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Well, check this out. I went all around... This is how old I am, everyone. Looking for the CD single of that Wheatus song because I loved it so much. And after going to three stores, I went, fuck. And then I called my cousins and said, do you guys know how to download music? And they went, shh. Yeah. And I said, can you download this song? They're like, come to my house. It'll be on a CD come, for you. Come, my baby. Exactly. <laughs> and they put a bunch of other shit. And they call it Softcock Volume 1 because they think my music is shit. <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, and speaking of which, my number two, everyone. You saw it coming. It's Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. is that It's college then. So they're not in high totally. school? Totally. Okay. Well, no, they're not in high school, man. They're, well, well because they're all working a construction enough, job. Enough, and, enough. Yeah. Uh, so now, of course, everyone knows this film, but I'll say it's the Gus, Gus, Van, Gus Van Sant film, which has made Matt Damon and Ben Affleck household names For because sure. they wrote this film. Sure. I guess they produced it. Kevin Smith also produced this film because they went to someone and said, can you produce this? He said, oh, they actually said, can you direct it? And he said, I'm not good enough to direct this film. Good on him. How cool, right? No limitations. He said, but I'll produce it and there you go. And then they got Gus Van Sant in and boom, boom, boom. Now... I think that, okay, you know that it's about this genius or whatever kid who's not actually formally trained or, or, or educated, but he's brilliant, taken under the wing by fucking, by Thor's dad. Oh, no, actually, well, it's no? initially still in Skarsgård. Oh, sorry. But then he's counseled by Robin Williams. Because I watch this movie. Yeah, but then he's counseled by Robin Williams, who does this wicked tour de force, the whole, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. That scene itself kills mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I actually like about this film is his thing with Minnie Driver. Now... This is... I, I, I don't necessarily rate Mini Driver. Okay. <laughs> Can we just talk about it, Paul? Okay? I mean, she's a beast. So, it's like... <laughs> well, there's a reason Mini Driver's not in a lots and lots of films. Well, I don't know if that's it necessarily, well, but that like... that hard rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but having said that, you see... She's in the film and she's presented as the love interest for Matt Damon. And he, in fact, went out with her in real life. Unfortunately, he dropped she her. She turned 25. <laughs> it's not Leo. It's Matt Damon. Oh, sorry. Damn it. It's Matt Damon. Damn. I do get less to mixed up, though. Honestly, do. Me? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, do you know he just broke up with his girlfriend? Not ostensibly because she turned 25, but she just happened yeah. to turn 25. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, Leo? The, the first time I watched The Departed, I was so confused. <laughs> well, me. <laughs> Me and well, Leo is exactly our age, Paul. Just so you know. And I'm not dating any 25-year-olds for no, the record. No, definitely not 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> All right, so anyway. Now, uh, no, but his thing with her. Well, I remember thinking this was cool, right? They, their first kiss was after they were both eating burgers and they kind of kissed and she's I think you got some of my pickle. It was really cool and funny. So, but Would you like some more? <laughs> Never thought of that. Never thought of that. Uh, but yes, Goodwill Hunting, old favorite. And I actually will watch it any single time because Bastin. So. Yeah, fair enough. Look, I have to be honest. I know this will lose me this week's list. That's okay. I think that film's fine. Just never resonated. Never watched it again. Never wanted to return to it again. Well, let me tell you something, yeah. Paul. Actually, one of the, my favorite things about this film is it popularized the, the song Afternoon Delight, which is one of my favorite songs of all time by Starland Vocal mm-hmm. Band. 
And when I was listening to it back in the day, I used to listen to it on my CD uh, thing in the, in the fucking computer Napster. at work. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah. And people, uh, someone texted me because it came on while I was at lunch and he texted, Afternoon Delight, motherfucker. But I love the song. Well, it's it's like, amazing. Well, yes, I don't mind if I do. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's about having a slam in the afternoon. Yeah. But there you are. So don't do it uh, in, um, on a karaoke with your niece or anything. Don't do that. <laughs> that happened in um, Arrested Development. Really? Yeah, he was singing oh, Afternoon Delight and then he said, with his niece because I didn't think it would be this dirty. <laughs> All right, my recap of my list and then reveal my number one. Number 10, Back to School. Number nine, PCU. Eight, Old School. Seven, Happy Death Day. Six, A Beautiful Mind. Five, Neighbours or Bad Neighbours if you prefer. Number four, 22 Jump Street. Three, Scream 2. Number two, The Social Network. And my number one, With a Bullet. And my easy number one is Whiplash. Of course it is. Yes. It's mine too. Okay, good. Okay, so. I was like, oh, maybe I've got a chance if Wayne forgets Whiplash is in a conservatory, which is a college. It is a college. It's yep. a music college. Let me just go through mine, then we can both talk about yep. Whiplash. Okay. Right. 10, Class. 9, Orange County. 8, Van Wilder. Party Liaison. 7, The Nutty Professor. 6, bad Neighbors or Bad Neighbors. 5, 22 Jump Street. 4, Old School. 3, Rounders. 2, Goodwill Hunting. And let's go with Whiplash, Polly. Tell me about it. Directed by Damien Chazelle, who would go on to be nominated for all kinds of Academy Awards for La La Land mm-hmm. two, three years later. This is a film which is a perfect study of obsession and perfectionism and where it can fuck you up with two powerhouse performances, particularly from J.K. Simmons, who ends up winning the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in this movie. He is this ruthless instructor at this conservatory where a young drummer played by Miles Teller is trying to learn and hone his craft and to be the best of the best. And holy shit, this film is electric. I know, sounds boring as fuck, doesn't it? But if you've seen this movie, you know exactly what I'm talking this about. This is how Paul sold it to me on this very show. He mm. said, hey, Wayne, go watch Whiplash. I'm like, what's it about? He said, drumming. I said, fuck off. He went, <laughs> he said, no, it's about drumming, but it's awesome. I said, how could that be, Paul? And he said, I understand, but it is. I sold this film the very same way, not two days ago to someone and said, what? you got to check this out. And We're talking like, about this topic or just No, just like, like Whiplash, you got to see it. She goes, who? I said, you know the guy from Top Gun, Goose? Yeah. Well, he's not so cut, but he's in this film and it's and wicked. he doesn't have a mustache. Yes. He doesn't have a mustache and uh, and also it's got J. Jordana Jameson in it <laughs> and it's wicked. And she's like, how is that possible? And I said, I understand, but I've never, like you said, I've never actually seen a film where I would say this is the most apt description. It's electrifying drama. Sounds like it's a misnomer, but it actually is because everything that happens in this film is tense on a dramatic level where you don't even like, you weren't expecting it. You just weren't expecting it. I'm splitting hairs here, but anxiety provoking films are different than scary films. Agree completely. Agree completely. And this is most definitely that. Anxiety provoking film. Because it taps into, like, I think the thing about music is that it's all in real time. It's one thing to, let's say you're striving for a degree because you're studying and studying and studying and at the time you have to pull yeah. into the exam or the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in music, if you fuck up, you fuck up now and the effects are immediate and your judgment is immediate. Mm. So what happens in this film is when J.K. Rollins is like, you know, fucking tapping on him, shitting on him. And I've seen... Did you say J.K. Rollins? Did you say Rollins? J.K. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> so once Harry Potter fucks... No, um, and this uh, interesting trivia here. This is the one of the lowest grossing films to ever be nominated for an Academy Award for is Best Picture. Right? Yes. Okay. For the slapping scene where J.K. Simmons slaps Miles Teller, they did a few stage slaps and then they agreed between themselves without telling the director, you slap me for real, let's see how this works. And bam, that's the take they use. So that nice. actually is real. Very cool. J.K. Yeah, Simmons. Hats off the master. I know, right? A bit of a noted dickhead in Hollywood circles. So but they say, but he's really kicking ass these mm. days, man. This guy is fucking on top. I, I, I told, I, when I, I saw Top Gun Maverick with a female friend of mine, a shrink, in fact, another shrink, Paul. Mm-hmm. I know more I'm shrinks I'm aware there's you. more than me. Yep. Yes. 
Uh, and she said that his dancing scene on the bean gave on the on the bush gave her uh, Lady Wood. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of which, J.K. Simmons won forty seven awards for his role as Fletcher. And um, in the scene where um, Miles Teller tackles him, J.K. Simmons suffered two cracked ribs. Wow! He continued to work despite the injury. Hats off! It's a great film, and obviously we're seeing the plaudits of a film which just about everyone who is a cinephile loves. Or so. knows this show. Yeah. Whip, whiplash is our number one Wayne honorable mentions to wrap up our part of the show this week cool get ready for some class not road trip liked it okay nerds in paradise I liked that too it was the revenge of the nerds not even revenge of the nerds one no because that one not was, even on college you're in I, paradise I think revenge <laughs> of the, I think revenge of the nerd one was in high school so oh uh, was it yeah okay. so I I'm not uh, sure I can't remember Here's a, uh, a left fielder, everyone. There's a film that came out in 2008 called The House Bunny with Anna Faris, Colin Hanks. Wow, that is left field. It's surprisingly good. I don't know if anyone, like everyone's going to go, what? But trust me, it's good. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire, that theme is somehow always playing in my mind. <laughs> I, I don't know why. And... Uh, <laughs> so anytime when Evan's gotten confused on the show, it's because in his head, he's got... Bling, 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 bling. Anyway, uh, and Kill Your Darlings is oh. a... I liked that show, man, because art was so important to these guys. But no. Jack Kerouac. Boring as fuck. Yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> All I had was Van Wilder, Cole, and Party Liaison, Bert and Liaison. Monsters University as my honorable mentions. I thought you might put one of those in there. Nice one. That is it for Alice. What about yours? We wrap up every episode of the show with your feedback on the topic at hand in the segment that we call The Pop 10. Talk about Pop 10. Talk about Kicking off this week's top 10, pop 10 even, with a B-Dizzle, Billy Dunham from the We Watched A Thing podcast, who said, ooh, nice. Number three, Animal House, which wasn't on your list either. So. Oh, I know, I know. And we're going to get crucified for I've never seen it. I just haven't watched it. Cracker, please. Yeah, number two, Goodwill Hunting, there are Number one, The Social Network. Francis Booker said, going controversial early, with an honorable mention for Legally Blonde, and then sneakily snuck in three other films. Three, The Waterboy. It's aged terribly. <laughs> <laughs> it won't get made today, but it generally makes me laugh and smile all in one. Okay. Number two, <laughs> old school. So wrong, but it's hilarious. The penis trust test makes me laugh and wins so much. Blues, my boy. <laughs> As is mine. Uh, ours. Number one, Coach Carter. Actually, Francis, this was a high school film. Would not relate. An amazing emotional journey. And Samuel Jackson is Samuel incredible Jackson, in it. Yeah, yeah. But it was a high school movie. John Slander said, number three, beautiful mind. Number two, back to school. If for no other reason than the Kurt Vonnegut comic cameo. Vonnegut? Vonnegut. Yeah. yeah. Number one, Real Genius. Unlike Animal House or Avengers of the Nerds, it has, it has held up well, and a friend of mine literally gave up the shirt off his back for it. That sounds Have like you a seen story. it? Dory, no. Val Kilmer. Is, and, and yeah, it's actually, it actually is really great for its time. Sounds like a story, John, that you need to tell. Yeah, tell bring us, it, bring uh, it. Okay. Gary Stevens has said, okay, number three, American Graffiti, a classic. Number two, Van Wilder, dumb fun. Number one, higher learning because John Singleton. I mean, I haven't seen it. I've so. watched it once. I can't remember, but I think it ends or has a school shooting in it, which is... Pretty full on oh, at this okay. stage. Daniel Lowe said, "Easy for me this week." Number three, social network. Number two, Whiplash and Wayne. Number one, Good Will Hunting. Hooah! Yeah. Jonathan Kidd, and here's where the credit I give. Number three, Scream Two. Love that ghost face. Number two, The Rules of Attraction. Maybe the best portrayal of apathy. Number Man, one. Man, I was bored shitless during that movie, but again, sex. <laughs> <laughs> number one, Animal House, because this sets the stage for every other college comedy. Luke Alexander said, number three, Sorority Boys. Number two, Old Man. Old School, sorry. And number one, Dead Man on Campus. Oh, dude. You know who's in that? Nope. Zach from Saved by the Bell and some other motherfucker that I can't remember. <laughs> and it's about like... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually pretty, pretty funny. And it's about 
apparently there's some rule in this campus where, or this university, where if your roommate kills himself, you automatically get a passing grade. So they, oh, that brings so they try and get a guy to kill himself. <laughs> so that's what it's about. <laughs> but it's still a comedy, and it's quite funny. Okay. All right. Well, Kevin De Rosario, who's currently organising a Bucks Night. K to the D. Bucks Night for a friend of ours, Nigel, getting married soon, said number three, Weird Science. And then as Smiley, another mate to the show, said, ah, that's high school, mate. It is rather. Number two, Van Wilder, number one, Project X. Wait a minute. That was like military action. No, you're thinking about um, oh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, isn't that it? No, Project X is like a found footage party. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, high yeah. High school, yeah. college, yeah, yeah, to be honest, yeah. as well. Jesse Dixon said Monsters University, underrated AF at number three, number two, Social Network, number one, Whiplash, the best movie of the millennium. Big, big call. But, right not, a, but not a ridiculous call. Aiden Parker had American Pie, which is high school. High school. Two. Number two, is, Van Wilde, number three, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, also high school. Because otherwise, yeah. if I didn't talk about it all the time, it would be high on my list. And then lastly, to wrap it up, Ben Burnham said The Punishment Room for 1956, an intense Kon Ichikawa classic. Number two, Animal House, endlessly quotable. Number one, real genius, a young Van Kilmer, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer. <laughs> with an amazing collection of t-shirts. Actually, one more to highlight, top level page of the show. Luigi Tyrone said, number three, back to school. Number two, pitch perfect, sorry, not sorry. Ooh, that's a... a lot of people love that. And number one, old school. Old school. Thank you so much, everyone, to go back to us. We're sorry I couldn't get through all the feedback. There was a good ton of it this week. Thank you so, so much. And that's it for episode 389. Episode 390, we didn't do... A bit of a special topic. That's right, Wayne. You're, as you fumble for it, I've got it in my head. Go ahead. Tell us about it, Paul. Dan Brennick from the Netflix and Swill podcast, Ooh. good friend to the show, said, hey, how about top 10 fist-pumping TV moments? Oh, yeah. I've so pumped th- my fist a lot, Paul. <laughs> and also in front of a TV. <laughs> Shit. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. Not that kind, you dirty. Yeah, it's actually not. It's not dirty. about. Yes. It's not about. Cock juggling thunder cunt. Not, not about like spanking the monkey. Not about all, spanking the monkey at all. About moments where you're like, yes. Although now that that's been pointed out to me, <laughs> I'm absolutely sure that people will shoot in going, oh, what's the horniest moment on TV? Mm, that's a whole separate countdown, which I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> that, that is. <laughs> so Dan's going to be joining us to do that topic next week, episode 390, the top 10 fist pumping TV moments. Nice one. And that's it from us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. Oh, wait. How do you get in touch with us, Wayne? Well, you can Google the Countdown Podcast and get all our socials or hit the countdownpodcast.com or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the Countdown PC. Like and follow the show through Podbean where we host and check out the Patreon where new shit's going on. In fact, it's a big topic of importance going up. Something new's happening, people. This week. Yeah, we don't want to say anything more than that. This stage, the patrons get the first... High level patrons get the first look at what we're talking about. But, but everyone uh, gets to know it eventually. Stay tuned. Definitely. For that. All right. This time, definitely. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. Your mama. Well, now you did that. You're A-B-C-D-E-F-G-H-I-J-K. Oh, fuck you, you fucking fuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckbuckb